Mitch, yes. look at me. You're smiling. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> Come on. You all softy. I want you to hear it. Oh, thank Take you. her in. Thank you. I got it on tape too, you know. That's right. I'll play it back. You can't run away. I'm Mitch Album, the host of Tuesday People, the podcast, and we welcome you to it. That little clip was Maury Schwartz, my old college professor, and the Maury in the book Tuesdays with Maury, and myself back in 1995. So we're talking 26 years ago. Uh, and it will inform our podcast for the day because the subject is love with regard to letting love in, accepting love, not necessarily giving it, which is the one that people talk about all the time, but being willing to accept it. And we welcome you to the program. Lisa Goitsch is alongside, as always, a friend and producer. Lisa, good to have you here. Ah, Mitch. I love you, Mitch Album. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the lesson of that clip, and the reason I wanted to open with it, is because you can sort of hear in my voice, in my what would you call it, a deflection of what Maury said, like, oh, come on, um, a hesitancy on my part to allow love in. And this was, especially back then, when I was only 37 years old, and really my whole existence was just about getting ahead and being ambitious and accomplishing things and stacking up accomplishments. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't into being an evil person or a bad person. I just didn't spend a whole lot of time on anything that didn't have to do with work. If it was work and it got me ahead in work or made me feel more accomplished in work, that's what I did. When it came to relationships, love especially, you know, I think uh, I was much more willing to show it, even though probably didn't show it as much as I should have than to receive it. What do I mean by that? And, and why are we talking about this today? Because I started getting asked about Valentine's Day, which is only a couple of weeks away. As some of you know, we have a popcorn shop for charity in Detroit and that we operate through our charities called Say Detroit. And uh, I got questions about popcorn tins for Valentine's Day. And could we get some pink tins in the shape of hearts? And it just got me thinking about how we express our love and that it's easier probably to go out and find a rare pink heart-shaped tin for popcorn than it is to figure out how to receive love in your actual life. I think if you put those two, it's like if you do one or the other, most people would say, I'll, I'll go search for the tin. Just give me, give me a couple of weeks and I'll find some manufacturing plant in, in China that makes a tin that shape. But don't make me have to get comfortable with accepting love from somebody else. And so I thought, well, this will be an interesting way to talk about this topic. Everybody's, of course, going to be talking about love and relationships in the next couple of weeks because Valentine's Day sort of does that. You know, January is the month that you talk about self-help, losing weight, making this is going to be a year that you're going to make yourself better. February is the month that we talk about love and Valentine's Day. March, 
I don't know what we talk about, March. <laughs> we start talking about getting ready for our yeah, getting ready for our taxes in April, uh, and then then we hit the summertime. So, love is a topic, but letting love in now. How Maury would constantly talk to me about how you need to allow yourself to accept love, that it is vital to the survival of human beings. Here you'll hear him actually cite a study that sort of proves that. Listen. For you to survive, for me to survive, there must be a minimum, I don't know what it is exactly, amount of love. There have been studies that showed kids who were just fed and not loved, they, they almost died because they weren't getting this basic quality that all human beings seems to need to grow up to be a halfway healthy person. So there is medical, psychological evidence that love is a necessary ingredient in our lives. Now, so is water. And you don't find a lot of people saying, I'm not drinking water. I have a hard time drinking water. I, I, I just can't drink water. People drink water. <laughs> it's not that hard. Your body cries out for it, and you go get it. When you're thirsty, do you say to yourself, I'm really thirsty, but I, I don't know water. It's just so, there's, there's so much to it. And uh, if, I, if I drink it, then it'll mean this and then that. And I don't know. I'm able to just, no, you're thirsty and you go have some water, right? Well, this basic need for love is the same thing. What Maury was talking about when we were kids is right. These children who don't have love, who are raised sometimes by the help or or just, I see it in Haiti all the time where kids are, are just left to their own devices uh, and they are ignored. Uh, they, there might be a mother, there's almost never a father, but the mother is probably out trying to work or trying to find some kind of food. And so all day long, the, the, the infant just stays on the floor of the tent or the or the small little area wherever they're living. And oftentimes these children are brought to us at our orphanage and they are so hungry for affection and they will just cling to you, hang on to you, hug you nonstop. I mean, to the point where you go, okay, that's enough and that's enough. And you put them down and they want to crawl right back into your arms again, crawl Aww. right back onto your shoulders. Well, yeah, it's odd. It's, it's cute and it's lovely and all that, but it's, there's a bigger problem behind that. They have not gotten the love and the affection that they needed. And they're trying desperately to sort of make up for it when they suddenly have people who are willing to give it to them. So letting love in and letting yourself be loved is critical to your human health. So why is it such a problem? Lisa, would you say that you have difficulties or have had difficulties in receiving love from other people? No. No problem. Somebody wants to give you love, you'll take it. I will take it where I can get it. I yeah. am I am love all the way around. I like to give it. I like to receive it. I mean, sometimes I don't receive it from people, and I'm probably a lot like those children. Right. Where I'll get clingy um, trying to receive the love. Um, but uh, Say, give me yeah. more. Hug me. Love me. Yes, well, some, I'm, I'm for you're, sure well, a hugger. You are a rare... Uh, 
a rare person, but I'm also betting that while you characterize yourself that way, um, there have been times in your life when you probably don't even realize it that you straight-armed someone who was trying to love you for whatever reason it was. And let's examine what some of those reasons can be. Well, first of all, a lot of people who have a hard time receiving love, probably the most common issue that they face is they don't think very much of themselves. They don't love themselves, and so they don't understand how someone else could love them. It kind of undermines the world that they have created about themselves. They're, they don't think that they can do well. They think that they are unattractive. They think that they're, they compare themselves to other people, and they see themselves as losers or not in the same category. And so they have already told themselves that they're not going to get the love that goes to people who are more successful, who are thinner, who are better looking, who are more popular, who can uphold a conversation. They cast themselves as less than. And by mm-hmm. doing that, they justify not getting love from other people. So that when someone comes along and maybe begins to try to show them that affection, you would think, oh, this is a lonely person. Oh, this is a person with low self-esteem. Uh, boy, they're going to glom onto this. You just throw them a little pebble of love and they're going to grab it. Not so. Not so. It actually goes the opposite way. To reinforce the negative idea that they have about themselves, the negative opinion that they have about themselves, they actually sort of stop love from coming in. They almost don't believe that they are worthy of it. And this is the problem. Hmm. They don't believe that they are worthy of it deep down. Now, I can tell you that at that time in my life, maybe even a little before, when, I was, when you heard that soundbite at the beginning, um, I felt that way. I, Why? Why well, I felt that way? because I felt that I had a outer persona, a professional persona that was likable, and that people liked, and I tried to be likable, but it was not deep. It didn't go any deeper than that. And I didn't really let a lot of people get to know me beyond that. So I was fine with people saying, I like you. I was fine with colleagues saying, hey, you're fun to be around, but I didn't want anybody getting any closer than that. And, you know, I had issues with, women that way, you know, and uh, to a lesser degree, friends, you know, guy friends, especially, they don't, they're fine, like, fine, just be quiet and have a beer. (laughs) We're good. We're pals. We're buddies. It's good here. Uh, When you need the can opener, let me know, you know. But I think in deeper relationships, and certainly in in male-female relationships or loving relationships, um, it was easier for me to just keep it at a surface level. I didn't want a lot of things about me deep down to necessarily be known. And so I therefore said, well, if I'm going to hide those, allowing somebody to love me is going to force me to open up about those things. So this is the second problem. The first is you don't have enough self-esteem to feel that you're worthy 
of someone else's love. The second is you are worried that if you accept that love, you will be expected to return it with something equally personal and equally deep, and you're not willing to do that. Why do you think there are so many you know, guys and, and girls out there who, when someone in the relationship says, I have to tell you this, I love you, it doesn't, it doesn't engender the response that you might think it would. Oh, wow, you know, I'm being loved. I love you, too. It, it engenders like, well, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back up a little bit. We're going a little fast there. We don't, well, why? That's why do people horrible. do that? Yeah, but people That's do that. That's a horrible moment. Thank yeah. God I'm married because I never want to go through that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but you had moments I've, like that. I've been every single relationship. I remember I remember getting a card once from a boyfriend who uh like you know you wait. You wait for them cuz you're like I love him, but I'm not going to say it till he says it. Right. So I'm going to wait for him to say it first and right. then I'll say it, right? But right. I'm bursting at the seams to say it, right? So I remember one time getting a card for some holiday, maybe it was even Valentine's Day, and on the card he put love so-and-so, right. his name. Right. And I was like, oh, like to me that right. opened this door and I thought, now I can write love Lisa, right. but it's not saying I love you, yeah. but there's different love. Like I right. just said, I love you, Mitch Album. That's right. I love you, Mitch Album. That's right. friend love. That's different love. Right. But you're looking for... Um, you know, I was look always looking for it, and I can tell you, it it did not always come. It's yeah. horrible, horrible, horrible. Well, and so what we're talking about today is why didn't it come? What's the problem if Lisa said to this guy in her life, "I love you"? What's the real problem? You're not saying yeah. "I love you," therefore you have to marry me. I love you, therefore, you're going to spend the rest of your life and every day and every minute with me. You're just expressing your love. But immediately, people respond to that by thinking, what do I have to put up on the scale in order to be worthy of that sentence? And they're not willing to do it. So So a lot of those guys who didn't respond to you that's exactly what we're talking about here. That people say, "I, I, I I don't want... I don't want what comes with your love because I perceive what comes with your love as a requirement for me to return that love. And I don't feel capable of it or feel like I got the energy to do it or feel worthy of it or whatever the case is. Now, the problem wasn't you. The problem was these guys. But they were suffering from the very thing that I'm talking about here. And, there are, and it goes the other way around, too. There are many, this is not just a girl, you know, girl to guy thing. There are many women who have problems when a guy says, I love you, especially if they say it too fast or too early in a relationship or whatever. They don't want what comes in return to that. Now, they can't isolate the fact that, hey, it's beautiful to be loved by someone. What a beautiful sentiment that is. Now, when you say to me now, in my age now, oh, Mitch, Mitch Album, I love you, I don't, it doesn't put me off. I think it's sweet. And I say, Lisa, I love you too. And we do love each other in, a, in, a, in the way that friends love each other and you know, people we've known each other decades, all right? But there are a lot of people who would have problem even with that sentence because it's like, well, 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 well. now what, what, what do I have to bring to the table for this? It's like someone saying, 
You've just been promoted to the big leagues. Now we expect you to, you know, hit 50 or 60% of your shots, you know, right. or whatever the, the, <laughs> the thing is. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not up for that. I don't know that I'm good enough for that. I don't know that yeah. I can do that. And so that's the second part of it is that people don't want the obligation that mm. comes with it. They are, uh, as the Simon and Garfunkel song, I'm a rock, I'm an island. And a rock feels no pain, and an island never cries. So this is the third part of this. And the third part is people don't want to be vulnerable to what accepting love means. Aha. Uh-huh. Think about this. I'll go back to a case of our kids in Haiti again. Every time we arrive in Haiti... And especially if I bring other people with me, I go every month to Haiti, have for the last 11 years, to our same kids. And as soon as they see me, after they run up and give a hug and hello, they say, when are you leaving? And anybody who comes and visits, if you were to come with me on a visit, first thing they would say to you after they jumped in and hugged all over you, when are you leaving? Why is this? Well, I have observed and asked and watched, and I can tell you that I believe the reason is, especially for orphans and kids who have been abandoned before, which is their their biggest fear, is being abandoned again. They want to know what kind of commitment you're giving them before they can decide what kind of commitment they're going to give you. Mm-hmm. And if you say, uh, I'm just here till tomorrow, that's fine. You know, not going to get angry, but they're not going to open up to you or show you the love or hang out with you the same way if you say, I'm, I'm here for the whole summer. Then they get excited because you're not leaving them. In their own small little way, they're doing the mathematics of love. They're doing the mathematics of, uh, well, if I am going to give them this love, am I going to get hurt? Am I going to get disappointed? Am I going to be abandoned again? I don't want to put it out there if that's going to happen to me. And so that's a very small example and kind of specific to orphans and young kids, but right. it's the same principle. People don't want to be hurt. They don't want to play the game of, well, you're, you put your heart on the table. I don't want to put my heart on the table. You could change your mind. You could stop it. You could... Ignore me. You could not live up to my expectations of what love is. So, so this third strain of why people don't let love in is because, not because they don't want to be loved. In many cases, they desperately want to be loved. But they are afraid to put their hearts up on the table for what might happen. They've been hurt before. They've been abandoned before. They've been ignored before. They haven't been reciprocated before. So fear of what might happen if you allow love in and say, you love me, I love you, let's go to where that takes us. Fear of where that might take you is also why people don't accept love when you give it to them. So there's Mm -hmm. three already, three different examples of ways in which people deny their water. It is as essential to human existence as water is, love. And yet we never 
put up a wall towards water, but we put up all kinds of walls to love. Mm-hmm. Here is Maury talking about how he determined what would be the end point for him in his dying from Lou Gehrig's disease, when he would know that it was time to let go. Fascinating statement. Listen to this. I have the time identified when I would welcome it in this stage. That's when I can't be responsive to the love that's being sent to me. And I can't give it either because I'm so fatigued and so out of it. Mm-hmm. Then it's time to go. Then I would welcome it. That's where your line is. That's where my line is. So if you came here and I was sort of dead wood to you, and you would tell me, Maury, you mean so much to me. And I couldn't hear that. I couldn't feel that. I couldn't say to you, bitch, you've been great. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. It's not life for me anymore. It's just existence. So I know the line. That is a really incredible little clip of sound. Because in this, you hear a man saying, a man who is really looking at his mortality, if I can't receive your love and respond to it, I don't want to be here anymore. Now, I bet that if you ask 100 people, when do you want to have the lights turned out, you know, when it comes to the end of your life. What, what's, your, what's your line? Uh, some of them will say, if I can't see anymore. Some of them will say, if I can't talk anymore. Some of them will say, uh, you know, if I, if I can't walk anymore, I don't want to be an invalid. I don't want to have somebody to... And some will say, you know, if I can't feed myself anymore. It'll be a lot of physical things that people draw the line and say, that's not life. That's not life. Mm-hmm. I've seen it, boy, have I seen it. I mean, because, you know, when you write Tuesdays with Maury, you become very involved with a lot of people in end-of-life situations, hospice situations. You're constantly called to visit people who are in those situations. And I have seen many and had many, many, many of these discussions where people say, I don't want to live anymore if, I don't want to live anymore if. But it almost always ends up in some kind of physical definition, the limits of the body. But what Maury said was, if I can't receive love, I don't want to be here anymore. Hmm. Now, what's interesting is physically, he had already crossed the line that a lot of people would have marked as, I'm not going beyond that. Remember, Hmm. Maury at this point had to be carried from place to place. He couldn't walk. The walking was long since gone. He couldn't blow his own nose, brush his own teeth, brush his hair, button his own shirt, put on his pants. He couldn't do any of those things. Couldn't even go to the bathroom by himself. Mm-hmm. He was like an infant being put on a, you know, a, a, a toilet, a commode. Everything from the pudding to the wiping to the cleaning, everything had to be done by somebody else. But Maury endured all of that. And in fact, you could argue that he shone through all of that because he was still able to show his love and receive love. You right. very rarely hear somebody say, that's my line. If I can't receive your love, if I can't feel, if I can't smile when you tell me that you love me, if I can't thank you when you do something nice for me, 
that's not living, then I don't want to be here. And yet for Maury, that was the definition. That was the definition. It's really, really interesting. Really, really interesting to see that that's when he said, okay, I'll, I'll let it go at that point. Because you know, people were asking him a long time, well, what, you know, what stage of your physical decay? Ted Koppel asked him the same thing. What phase do you say enough? And yeah. for Maury, it was always, as long as I can show my love to people. In fact, he, uh, there was a, uh, a friend of his, I won't mention his name, who they were dear friends, and he had discovered that he was losing his hearing. And Maury, of course, was worried about losing his voice because that's something that happens wow. with ALS. And they discussed it, you know, well, what happens if, let's call him David, loses his hearing, and what happens if Maury loses his ability to talk? And they decided they would just sit across from one another and hold hands and uh, look at one another. It's and like that was of Oz. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> but that's still, for Maury, that would have been enough. Uh, as long as yeah. he had that, because he could still receive the love. Okay, he couldn't speak it, but he could see it. Mm-hmm. And even if he could speak it and his friend couldn't hear it, his friend could know by holding his hand how he felt by the touch. He would know how he felt. So they said, that's, that's still good. That's good enough for us, and we'll keep it. Aww. Now, that's pretty remarkable, especially even between two men and, uh, you know, to talk about it that's that beautiful. way. But it's beautiful. Yeah. And it, is, it is really uh, shows you that the definition of life is often not what we think. You know, we talk about our mental capacities or our physical capacities of walking or eating or things like that. No, our emotional capacity to love is critical. An adjunct to that, and the reason that I'm bringing this up is because we have to make sure that we do not lose this innate human trait. And we are in a dangerous time. We have been in a dangerous time. From 1995, listen, as Maury warns, against what happens as you get older to this very intrinsic need for love, giving it and getting it. If you haven't had any loving and affection and caring and, and cuddling and, and, you know, warmth, you're not going to give it back because you don't know what to give. You don't have anything to give. So at least that's still there. But you're quite right. The culture can swash it right after... You know, you get to age three, age five, you get into a peer group, you get into computers, and pretty soon you're far gone, you know, into another space, mm-hmm. a less human space. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where it's going to go, but the, um, it doesn't you look know, good. Now, remember, when Maury is talking about get into computers, he's talking about getting into computers in 1995. All right. I don't even know if they had Much invented. No. Yeah. What? What? They certainly didn't have an iPhone at that point, no. and uh, and yet he's t- he's talking about people getting lost in their peer groups and their computers. So that is a a very dangerous way to lose our ability to love, and to lose our ability to receive love is to find synthetic substitutes, digital substitutes for our time, uh, watching 
the programs that are about uh, celebrities on TV mm-hmm. as if that's your family. Oh, let's just keep up with what's happening with them. They don't care about you, but you care tremendously about them. That's not receiving love. You're not going to receive love from them. If if if, if Lady Gaga or uh, or Jennifer Lopez sends out a tweet, I love you all, my fans, that's not really receiving love on your end. If that's enough for you, you're yeah. not very deep. But this is what happens <laughs> when we get into this or when we just we consider we having a friendship with somebody because we watch a video game simultaneously with them on a you know a virtual reality type of thing and 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 as i always say about these conversations because i hear kids say no i've got friends around the world we play world of warcraft or whatever together i go those aren't friends friends are not people you talk to through headphones and a little microphone and go gotcha gotcha ooh good one good one oh good hit oh but that's not a friendship that's a that's a that's a broadcasting booth you're just sitting next to somebody in the booth. Right. That's not friendship. And yet people are substituting that for real affection. Why? Because it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to keep a shallow type of relationship like that going than it is to give and receive love, real love. It takes a lot to be able to give it. It takes more, I think, in many cases, especially for re- uh, reticent people, people like I was back in my 30s and many of you who are listening to us, it takes more sometimes to receive it. I know a lot of people who give love and don't get it back in return and don't seem to have that close person in their lives that they get it from, even though they're always out doing good things in the community, they're always helping out at charity events, they're always volunteering for things. They seem to be giving a lot of love out, but not getting a lot back Mm -hmm. in return. And you wonder, is there something where it's just easier for them to give and just be thought of as a giver, but not have to actually take it back in and receive it from somebody else? Why is that? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know a lot of people, the opposite side. I don't know a lot of people who are loved and adored and it just keeps coming and keeps coming, but they don't return any of it back. Celebrities are like that a little bit. Rock stars, big actors, everybody loves them, everybody loves them, and they don't, you know, they take it for granted and they don't really have to do anything in return because they feel it's just going to keep coming. But those people are very, very rare. Regular folks, I don't know a lot of regular folks who get loved and adored but don't ever return any of it back because why would people love and adore them if they were that much of a jerk, you know, that they were that that cold? That would be weird too. Yeah. That would be so odd. Yeah. (laughs) That would be a weird way to live. Yeah, it would be a weird way to live. So try to keep this in mind. Try to keep that initial discussion that Maury and I had in mind where I was so hesitant to receive his love that I was just making jokes about it uh, because it is equally critical to give it out, and we've talked many shows about showing love towards other people, but to also take it in. Don't be afraid not to take it in because of the reasons that we have mentioned before that you don't feel worthy of it, that you don't want to be burdened by what it means and the quid pro quo that you think comes with it. Don't not accept it because you feel the obligations are too strong for it. It would be like denying yourself sunshine if you were a plant Because you say, well, then I'm going to have to get up tomorrow and have sunshine too. 
So why bother getting started with that? Because you need it. You need it to grow. Mm -hmm. And you need it every day to grow. And there's nothing to be afraid of, of getting it every day and needing it every day. So there's a different take on love. We hope that that has been helpful for you. I know it was for me when Maury first talked about it with me. And uh, it was a big thing that resonated with me for a long time. That's going to do it for today's today's loving show. And uh, we hope you got something out of it. We do this every Tuesday. You can find out more about our podcast at Tuesday, wetuesdaypeople.com. We Tuesday People. Sort of shorthand. We leave out the R. We Tuesday People. We are Tuesday People. WeTuesdayPeople.com. And um, you can check out all the previous discussions, previous shows, things like that. Lisa and I will return in another week with another topic. Until then, on behalf of Lisa Goich, Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.